Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. Dr. Saptarshi Mukherjee earned his Bachelor of Technology degree in Electronics and Communication Engineering from the National Institute of Technology in Durgapur, India, and a PhD in Electrical Engineering from Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. He joined Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory as a postdoctoral researcher and is now a staff member working as an applied electromagnetics research scientist. Dr. Mukherjee's research interests include electromagnetic non-destructive evaluation methods in advanced manufacturing, computational geosciences, imaging and inverse problems, and high-power microwave devices. He has authored one patent and more than 20 technical papers. He is currently serving as an ASNT mentor. He is a member of the ASNT Research and Engineering Councils and serves as the current chair for the ASNT Golden Gate section. He has received numerous awards and recognitions, including the National Science Foundation International Research Fellowship, the ASNT Graduate Fellowship Award, and the Atmospheric Earth and Energy Sciences Directorate Standout Award. Welcome, Septarshi. Thank you for joining me on Chat NDT with ASNT. Thank you for having me. How did you first become involved in non-destructive testing? Well, it goes back to my PhD days. I joined the non-destructive evaluation lab laboratory at Michigan State University as a PhD student with Professor Lalita Utpa as my advisor. Uh, her zeal and her interest in this field uh, also instilled the interest in non-destructive evaluation for me. Can you tell me about uh, your education, your certification, your training? I did my bachelor's at National Institute of Technology, Durgapur, in India, in electronics and communication engineering. Followed by that, I came to pursue my doctoral study at Michigan State University in electrical engineering uh, at the Non-Destructive Evaluation Laboratory, where I completed my thesis on electromagnetic imaging system for non-destructive evaluation applications. After my PhD, I pursued my postdoctoral uh, research at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, uh, during which I was involved in a breadth of different non-destructive evaluation research. Following my postdoctoral research activity, I got converted into a research staff position at Lawrence Livermore. And so what is the nature of your work right now at Lawrence Livermore? Yeah, so what I work on at Lawrence Livermore is developing a different a breadth of electromagnetic non-destructive evaluation technologies. Uh, electromagnetic non-destructive evaluation can uh, involve different uh, sets of skills, uh, such as designing high fidelity sensors um, that can provide detailed information about the kind of structures that we are interrogating, as well as reconstruction 
or imaging algorithms that takes the data captured by the sensors and provides high quality and high resolution images. So at Lawrence Livermore, over a vast range of applications, such as uh, additively manufactured materials and uh, even looking through the surface of the earth, the subsurface of earth, using electromagnetics to look at the subsurface, subsurface of these different types of applications. Yeah. What is the fundamental basis of electromagnetic non-destructive evaluation and when and how does one use this technology? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So um, electromagnetics was goes back a long time uh, into the ages. Uh, in around 1860s, Maxwell came up with the four governing equations that describe electromagnetic waves. And lately, over the past few decades, there has been a lot of research in electromagnetics being used towards wireless communications, satellite communications, uh, imaging, biomedical applications, and so on. Um, the fundamental basis of electromagnetic NDE relies on the fact that an antenna produces electromagnetic waves, and these electromagnetic waves can actually interact with the material that we are interrogating. And these waves can actually penetrate through certain materials, such as polymers and composites, and get scattered off defects that are on the subsurface. And these scattered fields reach back to the sensors and provide information about the structural integrity of that material. So uh, that's the fundamental basis of, of, of electromagnetic NDE. You can uh, use different uh, spectrum of the electromagnetic frequencies because it's a long and a large spectrum ranging from a few kilohertz to a few terahertz and even beyond that in frequency. So each regime comes with its particular sensitivity towards different types of materials such as metals, composites, polymers, and so on. Can you talk about the recent developments of electromagnetic NDE? Yeah, so uh, this goes back to my uh, to the days of my advisor, Professor Lalita Udpa, whose PhD uh, advisor, Professor Lord, was the one who uh, came up with eddy current NDE, which is a part of electromagnetics, and was looking into metal structures to find defects using eddy currents. Eddy currents are basically a coil that produces magnetic fields. And these magnetic fields induce eddy currents to the subsurface of a metallic structure. These eddy currents now produce secondary magnetic fields that are, that are received by a detector. And this is how, this, this was how the first time it was shown that, that electromagnetic fields can be used to detect defects in, in, in metals. From there on, there was a lot of research in using low-frequency electromagnetics. While on, on a very synergistic note, there, were, there was research being done on the high-frequency end, such as microwave, millimeter waves, and terahertz frequencies, to the extent that uh, now we have full millimeter wave imaging system that, that everyone passes through when they actually go through airport security screening 
uh, and can look through the the uh, interior of a of 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 a person to detect uh, hidden weapons or or like other targets that may be uh, important for 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 security screening to of course composite materials and defects in composite materials that can be detected by that same technology what types of materials and what fields besides security would benefit most from electromagnetic nde electromagnetic or em nde as i mentioned in the in the previous response is kind of sensitive to a vast range of materials there are some techniques nde techniques which are probably more sensitive towards metals some that are more sensitive towards polymers but electromagnetic nde can demonstrate high sensitivity towards all this type of materials it depends on what frequency regime we are using and what kind of sensing methodology we are using if we are using microwave or millimeter waves we look into we typically look into polymers uh composites that are not highly lossy if we are looking at low frequency such as eddy current or electrical impedance tomography we look at metals or highly conductive materials so with respect to the materials there is a broad suite of materials that can that can be investigated using emnde techniques uh, application wise uh, or field wise there are also a lot of fields that can um, benefit from this technology uh, as i mentioned besides security civil applications uh, which are made for from based on concrete structures can 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 benefit because one of the big benefits of uh, electromagnetic uh, sensors are they can be wireless and they can be wirelessly integrated or placed inside these structures so they can continuously monitor the state of a structure without being uh, connected by wires which is um, very important from the deployment uh, point of view so civil structures uh, aerospace structures additive manufacturing structures that are extremely complicated and uh, of course there is this big field which has a high synergy with nde which is biomedical imaging and a lot of work being done on biomedical imaging and using electromagnetic waves to look into the uh, tissues uh, in 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 humans and image for uh, potential tumors or 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 other anomalies and how did you become interested in electromagnetics and this goes back to my bachelor stay um i i think during my junior year that i just started wondering about these big uh, this big antennas and cellular phones that we are currently operating or the microwave oven that we are currently operating and and, and really got interested about how how electromagnetic waves are something that we cannot see but they are still there in every aspect of our life and i just became more and more fascinated uh i i remember my bachelor's em 101 course in which the mathematical foundations were 
were, 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 were extremely robust. And I just kept on wondering how these mathematics are translating to something that we are using on everyday life. How does phones radiate electromagnetic radiation? We don't see it, but it's happening. And that got me interested in electromagnetics in general. And I also did a thesis during my bachelor's about metamaterials, which are electromagne electromagnetically modified materials uh, that, can, uh, that can create some specific properties, such as create invisibility cloaks and so on. So uh, there are some fascinating applications of electromagnetics due to which I, in my early days, got heavily inspired and attracted towards this field. And it was uh, not uh, a surprise that my PhD thesis was also focused on electromagnetic towards and non-destructive evaluation applications. And since then, I've been working on that field. You mentioned invisibility cloak. And I know yeah. for anyone that's ever read uh, Harry Potter stories, uh, he has an invisibility cloak. So can you talk more about that? You, did, you said you performed research on that? Well, I performed research on this uh, during my bachelor's as well as during my PhD on metamaterials. And metamaterials are fascinating because they are not materials that are found in nature. They have to be engineered in a certain way that they exhibit some unique electromagnetic properties that are not found in nature. For example, you can't get a material with a negative refractive index, but a metamaterial is engineered such that it produces a negative refractive index. From the optics point of view, this makes uh, fascinating uh, concepts, such as, as I mentioned, the invisibility cloak. If, if you can make a material so that you can guide the electromagnetic waves in a particular way along a particular structure, then anything that you place inside that structure is not going to be visible because the electromagnetic waves or the light rays are not going to be interacting with that structure. Think of it very similar to that Harry Potter movie that you just mentioned. Let's consider a rock and let's consider a disk of metamaterial that you just place outside the rock, uh, just, 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 just encapsulate it. So if you now expose this whole structure to electromagnetic waves, because of the unique properties and because of the way the metamaterial is built, the electromagnetic waves will just guide over the, the metamaterial outer surface and will never interact with the object that is placed inside that metamaterial structure. In that sense, uh, that is, uh, it's, it is possible that someone on the other side may not be able to see the, the object that, is, that was placed inside the metamaterial. So yeah, it's, 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 it's very fascinating. There is, of course, it's not perfect. Uh, there is a lot of research being done as to how to further increase the invisibility uh, over towards, towards structures and different type of structures. Metamaterials just do not, uh, invisibility is just one property. Uh, uh, but there are in many other interesting properties of metamaterials. It gives very high resolution. Um, that is something that we need, right? In NDE, we want to detect 
smaller and smaller defects and signatures, smaller, smaller changes and metamaterials provide that kind of high resolution due to its unique electromagnetic properties. So in that sense, metamaterials are extremely uh, fascinating. Are you working on any research projects now? So this first part of my PhD thesis, I after I uh, left, uh, after I completed my PhD, uh, a graduate student uh, is continuing this research at Michigan State University, and I actively collaborate with my former institution. Uh, we have had uh, a few joint publications. Uh, that is available to look at uh, where we exactly, where we have not only numerically, not only computationally, but also in experiment, we have shown how a metamaterial lens may look like and how it may increase uh, the resolution towards defects in materials. Uh, just to add another point, the current graduate student just received an ASNT graduate fellowship um, to continue this research and further uh, develop the metamaterial lens and uh, full full hardware so that this this can further be investigated oh that's excellent that's great news yeah can you talk about some of the challenges of this technology for additive manufacturing I got more in, involved in additive manufacturing once I uh, joined Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. And additive manufacturing is again a fascinating uh, field. It's uh, getting more and more popular and more and more important as we speak. And, and the reason is because structures are getting more and more complicated and, and, and uh, more smaller scales more variations and they have to be made so that they fulfill some engineering applications such as lightweight and so on. So uh, additive manufacturing is making structures extremely complicated and, 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 and quite small. And one of the key aspects of additive manufacturing is there is a need to inspect not just the structure, but also the, the, the process, because we want to know what it what is being printed real time. So because if there are some inconsistencies, because if there are some problems, that may actually lead to uh, structural failure. So NDE needs to be more in situ and in line when it comes to additive manufacturing. There needs to be NDE systems that can continuously monitor the structure while it's being printed because it really matters what you are printing it, it it really it's really important to know what is being printed whether there are being some inconsistencies such as density variations and so on while it's being printed so that real-time monitoring of the structure and real-time feedback loop to the manufacturing process is is being done so uh, this is, I think, the biggest challenge because uh, dynamically it's very, it's very difficult to get dynamic information of a manufacturing process while it's being uh, manufactured. So the real need of NDE in AM is to 
create more in-situ NDE systems. So what do you foresee as the research direction for EM in the next decade? As technology gets more and more um, advanced, there is a need to combine electromagnetics with different modalities. Electromagnetics is, is great and provides a lot of information, but so does, for example, ultrasound waves, ultrasound, ultrasonics, and so does X-ray, and so does thermal uh, uh, modalities. So there is a need to, and, and, and all of these modalities are complementary uh, in, in some sense to each other. So there is a need to couple electromagnetic technologies with these other NDE technologies. That's, that's where I see um, the next, like, uh, next research being focused on. Of course, there are fundamental um, problems that are still not resolved in this field uh, or, or like that are still actively under research is how do you uh, increase the resolution uh, because the wavelengths of electromagnetic waves in the gigahertz frequencies are around centimeters. And we want to detect things that are much smaller than centimeters, millimeters, microns, submicrons. There is always an inherent uh, challenge about how do you detect such fine, fine uh, signatures and there is a lot of research and there will be a lot of research focused on developing sensors that provide this high resolution sub wavelength information. The, the last area, I, I, I think, I mean, of course, there are many, uh, many other areas, but uh, the last that I can think of is, is how do you actually, once you get the information, while there are a lot of reconstruction or imaging algorithms that provide images of the structures that are being interrogated, they're mostly computationally intensive. What it means is in order to get one image, it takes a lot of time because most of them, most of these reconstruction techniques are iterative techniques. So there needs to be uh, research on reconstruction or imaging algorithms that are not just physics based, but physics coupled with machine learning or uh, database techniques that can get high resolution images and that can also provide these images faster. Uh, so I think those are few of the uh, areas. Of course, I think the last one that I would just came to my mind is wireless, wireless electronics with the with, with, with more and more technology getting wireless, how do you make electromagnetic ND systems that are completely wireless and that can monitor, uh, monitor structures just embedded inside them and pass that information back to the production uh, point or, 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 or places far away from that, from, 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 their, from their original location. Uh, yeah, so there are a wide range of research that are still active and needs to be pursued in this field. So how do you think that uh, the industry can exploit different EM modalities to efficiently perform NDE? Yeah, I think the industries, uh, 
can uh, get a lot of information from their brother and sister industries, uh, such as the biomedical community. And as I was mentioning, uh, the security sciences community, where very similar and complementary electromagnetic techniques are being developed. There is a lot of benefit to using EM, as I mentioned, metal structures, the industries, uh, mo most of the manufacturing industries, such as automotives, aerospace, civil, naval, all these industries have a lot of uh, metals in them. And there is a need to interrogate for defects inside metals. That's where low frequency electromagnetics is going to be important and it can be leveraged. And as the world is moving more towards composites and replacing metals with composites, that's another area that uh, high frequency electromagnetic or microwaves can be of essence. As we try to make things more in situ, the ability of electromagnetic sensors to be wireless and flexible makes more advantage of using them to interrogate such kind of um, additively manufactured structures. So uh, it really depends on what kind of materials the industries are interested in and also um, like what is the sensitivity or what is the resolution that they are interested in. But there is a diverse range of electromagnetic sensors at different frequencies that they can uh, leverage. So what are your thoughts on the development of strategic partnerships and collaboration to push some of the technologies toward commercialization? Yeah, and that, that's, that, that's a great question. And I think this is an area where, and this is of course my uh, personal thoughts on that, but this is an area I think where we are lagging behind uh, electromagnetic NDE in general. Uh, I think there, is a, there, there has been a lack of technologies that have not been commercialized and that have not uh, risen up the TRL, the technology readiness levels. Readiness levels. A lot of, a lot of reason, uh, reasons are there, but I think the primary reason is the lack of strategic partnership with industries. A lot of research on electromagnetic NDE is being done by academia or national laboratories, but they need to partner with uh, commercial industries and they need to, there needs to be uh, proposals and grants that, uh, uh, that, that purely focuses on these technology transition or commercialization aspect so that we can take a product that is TRL free, that is, that is high on research, but low on the technology readiness level and transition it to a product that is highly commercial, commercializable. And uh, this is to a certain extent done in the biomedical community, uh, but we need to, I think, follow uh, similar routes for NDE so that some of the interesting research products can be actually commercialized. So from a strategic point of view, there needs to be probably more 
funded opportunities that provide the scope of researchers to collaborate with with industries and of course for researchers also to look into this aspect um, that once the product has been once there has been some research that's that that that's really interesting how to kind of scale this up to better fit the interest of the industry and the general public uh, i think the initiative needs to be from both ways so what do you think's been the most rewarding aspect of your work yeah that's 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 a difficult question it's in general working in a field that excites me that i am passionate about excites me the most so it's it it is the most rewarding because every day when i am at work i feel energized to work and like create something there have been few uh, achievements during my uh, research uh, career um, as a phd student i got a f- uh, award from asnt i got the the graduate fellowship award from asnt as well as um, recently i i, I got uh, an award at lawrence livermore national laboratory for my uh, idea and for my execution of a workshop that i held at lawrence livermore the objective of this workshop was to bring all the researchers in electromagnetic nde in one place and then have discussions and presentations um with them to understand where the where the what the research directions are in the next decade and this involved people from academia national laboratories industries and so on uh this this effort was led to a lot of strategic partnerships between Lawrence Livermore and the and 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 professors at universities there are a few patents and uh publications journal publications and when i see those publications being cited and people using their those to develop their own research i think it's the most rewarding uh and fulfilling thought so yeah well congratulations on that award so i'd like to close out our conversation and talk about your involvement in the golden gate section So I know that you've been involved in the section for a while and now you're serving as the chair. Can mm-hmm. you talk about your participation in the Golden Gate section and what you would say to encourage others to get involved in their sections? I've been an ASNT member for a while now. When I came to uh the Bay Area and in California, uh I came to know about the Golden Gate section. which is a highly active section and i joined the section to my surprise uh, not surprise but to my uh, uh, i was i was pleasantly surprised that everyone in the section was highly accommodating and uh, and uh, wanted uh, wanted me to take on leadership uh, uh, positions so i got appointed to a vice chair position during the first first year and then last year i i was appointed as the chair of the golden gate section my objective as a chair is to promote more research and more discussions of the ndt personnel 
with these research institutions, for example, national laboratories and, 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 and universities. And as an attempt to do that, uh, at our monthly meetings, monthly meetings, we are inviting uh, more people from academia and national laboratories and federal institutions to talk about their research, to know, to, to, to let the vendors and industries know what they have been working on. So I think this has been extremely successful and fulfilling. Uh, every month, we, I think the second week of every month, we have the, we have the monthly meeting. Uh, we have a full, uh, we have, we have a full board that looks into se several aspects of the, 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 the local section. I'm very excited to announce that we also have a new website to cater more towards the, towards the needs and give more information than what was previously accessible, such as how to sign in, how to conveniently sign up for this section, um, and also get information about, uh, we are also recording these presentations, so they will be there in the website. In case someone missed it, can go back and look at those. Uh, we also encourage uh, to contact the local section if they're interested in awards for ASNT, we will help them in, in a, with, with the awards. And in general, it's, it's, it's a great, uh, it's, it's great knowledge to join in, to join and participate in these, uh, in, in this section, people with a broad range of skills. We, we, we cover a lot of topics from ultrasound to x-ray to production manufacturing to electromagnetics, different range of NDE talks that are being scheduled for this year. So anyone interested uh, to know more about NDT and to showcase their skills uh, can definitely uh, join this section and we will be delighted to have you. Well, Saptarshi, it's been a pleasure talking to you. This has been fascinating. I appreciate you spending some time with us at Chat NDT with AS&T. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to this platform. It's been an extremely fulfilling experience for me too. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with AS&T. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world. <laughs>